Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. I don't. Okay, no peer pressure. Because I hate hearing myself. I'm, I love it. I can't get enough. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I can't I get don't, enough. I don't really. I like, like, I can hear myself l- talk live, but hearing myself on tape makes my, I think that's, oh my God. People are hearing that whining nah, 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 all the time and, and they're okay You had with years that. of having to see yourself too. Uh, no, no, I didn't because I watch. never watched. Not once. I mean, sometimes if there was like a good bit, I would watch, but I never watched just willy nilly. Like if I was watching TV at that time of night and flipping by, keep going. Yeah. Why would I want to? I already was. I was there once. You know, I saw what happened. There were I mean, there definitely were bits that I was proud of that I would come home and say, you guys got to see this. this. Yes. And not even necessarily ones that I was in, just some of the crazy because, I mean, I still I, you know, it's still as the, funny. As the show wound down, you know, and we started to sort of write our own obituary, you know, and people would ask us stuff about it. Like one of the things I started to say was, I, I think we were the funniest show ever in late night. Just in pound for pound funny. I just agree. I think that we did more weird shit than anybody else. Right. Letterman did a lot of weird shit. He we, like, he's like, did set more. the. Set, yes. laid out the runway and then yeah. you took off on He did yeah. like the laid back version yeah. of weird and we did the ADHD desperate to please version. Yeah, of, he, of, of, he still had some show business decorum. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like he was like in the Johnny Carson yeah. mold. There, I mean, there's a straight line from Johnny. Yes. Today, to Dave, to yeah. you guys. Amid, but it's a re, there's a reserve with them. And there's not with there's you There's not. Guys. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, all of those things are based on the personality of the host. They're yeah. all, like, it's all kind of dependent on that. So Conan's personality is very, you know, he runs at a very high RPM. I mean, yep. much more so than m- most of the other hosts. Yep. I mean, you could make the case it may be Fallon, but I don't know. I don't. Uh, you know, I mean, I, it, but they don't do the same stuff that we did. Like, you know, they don't do like, <laughs> you know, long chase scenes. And shit. Like we would, you know, have chase scenes and robots and yeah. Roman soldiers. And, but you know. as silly as it was, it, there was an intelligence underneath. 
I mean, a brilliant, so. brilliant yeah. underneath. Smart, stupid yeah, is smart, what we stupid, always, what we it. always, you know, aspired to, and that was. Uh, I mean, that's what he 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 and I had in common from the first time we yes. met. You know, we it, we just knew immediately, like, oh, you like to be as stupid as I do. You like right. to be as silly as I do. Right. Um, and but, I still. But if there's no brains behind it, yeah. Then it's just then it's just yeah 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 <laughs> then it's then it's just it's just you know sort of your garden variety bro stand up humor you know it just ends yeah. up being farts and dicks and right you know right. women are weird yes. you know that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah. so but it's what it's what South Park has it's what the Simpsons yeah, has absolutely what... absolutely uh, I we we've started we're Good. recording all this right I hope so look. We always do ours, but it's just like we get people coming in the door. I just had to detangle. Them. I, this is the first time for those listening. If that you're I panting, it's not yeah, me. It's not Phil. <laughs> uh, and it's, I'm talking to Phil Rosenthal, which you all know that by now because you saw you, you, when you clicked on it, you saw that. But this is the first time I brought my dog to a podcast. He's so sweet. I'm in about right three now. years and yeah. she used to come all the time. So I just had to uh, detangle her from some headphones. So. Day well, day. Phil, thank you. We're, you know, this is a this is close for you. This is in your neighborhood, yeah. Two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Two minutes. Nice. Nothing. I mean, don't, we don't want, want the stalkers to know, but uh, you know, but it's well, they nice. don't know where you are. So yeah, that's true. Um, no, but by this point, yeah, I don't think anybody knows where we are. This is it's Conan's secret bunker. Yes, you uh, can't get in yeah. anyway. Even <laughs> if you knew where it was, you can't yeah. get in deep in the Appalachians. Um, but so, this is the nicest office ever. It's, it really this is. is the this is the 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 second or third time I've been here. And Where do you usually yeah. do it from your house? From Zoom. I mean, from oh. Zoom. When I started the podcast, it was always in in person, and we uh, had a studio at the Conan stage. That sadly, um, after we kind of downsized and we got rid of the band, which was like cutting off an arm oh, that sucks they turned their dressing room into a podcast studio so it always to me had like it was a really nice podcast studio but it always had this air of like you know this is, was this an indian where, burial yeah, ground. like, like yeah. this game room is where grandpa died <laughs> you know it always had this like like this sad tinge want to it. sleep in here yeah yeah so <laughs> that's terrible but uh i used to do it there and then daisy used to come with me there and you know uh, i never thought of that yeah no the band that that's your family it was it was really really tough oh it was really God. tough and it was you know it was a down it was you know they, all those got none of the all those guys were so gracious about it and so wonderful about it because to be a musician and to have a steady gig i mean but i mean i feel the same way to have a steady gig like That's that for everything. all those years and also not just a steady gig but kind of regular office hours like yes. you, you have a steady gig in show business that still can mean you work 16 hours a day you know yes but a fun gig and a very fun gig a very fun gig so yeah they were all it was very sad, but they were all very gracious yeah. about it, you know, and, and I'm sure that they've all uh, gone on to, well, well, who knows? They're all, they're all gone. They're all, uh, 
they're all out in the world wandering around. No, I mean, we, you know, I keep up. I hear updates. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you, this is supposed to be about you. We've been yeah, we'll talking to about you tomorrow. Me. <laughs> yeah. On our I podcast. I am. I'm yeah. coming. I'm coming on your podcast tomorrow. Yeah. And um, so you are originally, uh, you're an East Coaster. Yeah. New York. Yeah. You? You're and from? Uh, I'm from Illinois. I'm from uh -huh. the Midwest. And uh, your folks are both uh, German, right? Yes. Yeah. Yours? Yeah. Uh, not not for a way back. I but mean, Richter they were, sounds yeah, a little it German. is German. It is yeah. more than a little German. It's pretty German. Uh, my father one time was my father. Uh, my father did not like his father, which is where all the German comes from. Uh -huh. And one time going through, he was traveling with a group of students because he was a college professor. And he was going to the airport and I think Frankfurt. And the, there was a yeah, a uh, Lufthansa. Uh, flight attendant going, saying to people, your boarding card, please, your boarding card, please, to all these people in line. And yes. she looked, took one look at my dad and said, eat a boarding card, bitte. Like oh. she looked at his face and knew kraut. Yes. She knew immediately, like, you're German. And he was so pissed about it. He thought he was, he thought he had skipped, skipped the obvious genetics of, of Germanity, but nope, you know. Listen, I was doing a, I was doing a, uh, making a transfer from uh, one flight to another in at the Frankfurt airport. Uh -huh. And the lady taking us said, Rosenthal, this is a Jewish name, yes? I'm like, yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's a that was it's weird to be asked. I have had it, friends that went over there who Jewish comedian friends who like did stuff at comedy festivals and said it's really fucking chilling and weird. Still, but ninety nine percent of the people I met were beautiful and great, of and so generous and wonderful. But when you get the question. Holy cow. Right, right. I was at the opera there. I had a layover. So the, somebody said, you've got to see the opera. It's going to be like the most modern thing you ever saw. I'm not an opera fan, but right. I went just to see the theater, to experience it. Well, the audience loved this uh, alto who did an aria. And at the end, they showed their love for this person by stomping their feet <laughs> the entire theater. And I got the hell out of there. <laughs> Because that sound is not good. <laughs> A Jewish name, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the sound that my drove, family drove has your heard mother that. to Cuba. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah, cause right. Yeah, because I saw your mother. She stopped in yes. Cuba for a while. Well, the, yeah. So, so after the war, the you know you heard about this that the boats weren't. Welcome in America, yeah. necessarily. Yeah, yeah. They had to go to Cuba. Yeah. They turned boats away of I'm, refugees. I mean, we do the same thing now. I know. I guess. I but, know. But, but, that, but that in those days, it was specifically because they were Jewish. I guess. Yeah. They didn't want all these people. It's, I mean, there were there were quite a few Nazis here, it turns I, out. It sure are. There was yeah. a, there's footage. They, I think there's times, a new documentary. Yeah, in, Madison in, Square Garden. That's right. Full of Nazis. Wow. Yeah. And, like, and I think it was like 1930. Seven or something yeah. like that. So yes, my parents both are survivors. My yeah. dad got out right after Kristallnacht, which is that that famous. They call it the night of broken glass. Yeah. That's what Kristallnacht means. And what it was was it wasn't simmering under the surface anymore. It yeah. was now coming out, and yeah. we're going to smash all the windows of Jewish-owned businesses. We're going to beat up any Jews we find in the streets. 
And it got worse, obviously, from there. Yeah. So that was like, I think, 39, I think that mm -hmm. was. My dad's parents had enough connections to get a boat to America. So uh -huh. they got out it right after that. My mother was not so lucky, and she was actually in a concentration camp. Oh, my gosh. Yes, with her mother, separated from her father. At what age? 10. 10, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and survived that. It wasn't a death camp. It was a concentration camp. Yeah. Uh, not all of them were literally putting people to death. They were just uh, concentrating them into one enclosed area. Yes. And this one was actually, did you know they had them in France? France was more than happy to accommodate. Oh, I didn't know the that. The Germans. Yes. So this wow. was in France. Hers. And uh, they survived, obviously. And, and uh, my grandfather, when they said, when they found out my grandfather was in the worst of the worst. He was separated from them. It was an, he was also a political prisoner as well. Mm. So he was in Auschwitz and the, he survived the death march, the famous death march to Buchenwald and survived that. He made himself useful by, by making uh, uh, roach spray and lice powder that the Nazis could use. He made oh, himself wow. useful for, the, wow. for them so they didn't kill him. Yeah, yeah. And after the war was over, they found each other by letter. My grandmother said, come on, we're going. We have relatives in New York. Let's go. He said, no, I have work to do in Germany. He went back to Germany and started something called the restitution program, which to this day, the German government has to give checks to any Jews that they stole business from. Wow. So he's responsible for that. I'm named after him. Wow. Yes. Never met him. Wow. What a, what a, what a wonderful history. thing to have. Yeah. Somebody in your family to be that proud of for, for doing something Abs that. Absolutely. And I mean, and also, too, like you say, not just, you know, he could have, you know, he could have come from Canada and made the restitution product or right. project and, he, and he'd be a hero. Yes. But to have gone through that and then to go back. Who goes back? I think somebody who figured out how to live by making roach powder. I Who's guess. like, what are they going to do to me? You know? Well, here's what's funny. Not funny. But after this, after this happens, guess what? German government, not so happy with him. Oh, wow. They bring him up on charges of, of embezzlement and stuff that oh, they never wow. proved, but they convicted him and he killed himself in his jail cell. Oh, my God. In the 50s. Oh, my God. Right? Wow. So that affected my mother's whole personality yeah. and her, you know, abandonment issues and her, it's, I, I'm telling you all this because if you've seen Everybody Loves Raymond, people want to know who was the model for that mother. Well, it was my mother. Yeah, yeah. So she did everything she could to hang on to her boys. Right. Right. And, and, uh, family was so important to her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was, I mean, I was going to ask, does having parents, because there's, you know, having immigrant parents yeah. gives you a, a perspective that most, I say, you know, most American kids don't have. But having your kind of immigrant parents, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> how did... How did they let you go out into the world? How did, I mean, you know, wasn't it was, I realized it was very strange. I realized it was strange at the time yeah. because they did not appreciate American pop culture at yeah. all. That my mother was into the opera. Yeah. 
that was her great love of her life was the opera and the fine arts. Yeah. My father was kind of checked out of all. He liked maybe Jewish comedians. Uh-huh. He liked, but they had to be so Jewish that they would be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> We lived in New City. Henny yes. Youngman's like, take yes. it down a notch. Yeah, yeah, jeez. Like I'm talking about Myron Cohn. Uh huh. Did you? Do you know I that name? I don't know who that is. He, you know, so Jewish that he had to affect an almost British accent until he got to the punchline. Robert <laughs> Klein did a whole routine about uh-huh. him. Uh huh. Two gentlemen of Hebraic persuasion <laughs> were speaking on a park bench one fine sunny day, and one turned to the other and said, <laughs> That was Robert Klein. Yeah, that was yeah. such a great routine. Yeah. But, but yes, those are the comedians he loved. And even he dabbled a little bit like in the Catskills, you know, on like amateur night. He would get oh, up. Oh, really? And my, my, I think he was in New Jersey at some club. And my mother was on a date and saw him. Oh, wow. So the reason I'm here is because my dad was Was funny to my mom. Wow. Like if he didn't, if she didn't appreciate his sense of humor, no me. Wow. Or my brother. Did did you find him funny? Do you think he was funny? They're both hysterical. Uh, If you've seen uh, somebody feed Phil or even the, the other one, I'll have what Phil's having. I, I Skype with them at the end of every show. And, and when my mother passed, my father continued to be on the show. I wanted to involve him, not just in life, but I knew he was the best part of the show because he would tell a joke. Yeah. One of these jokes, yeah, one of these yeah, Jewish yeah. jokes. And uh, best part of the show. Yeah, yeah. Best part of the show. Yeah. 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 Uh... So they were tremendous. But to get back to your original question, what was it like having them for parents? They... I, here's an example. When I was 10, I asked my mom for my birthday for the same five-speed bike that all the other kids were getting for their birthday, the Schwinn yeah. Stingray. Collegiate. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember? Yeah. You know what she says? She goes, you know what I got when I was 10? Oh, boy. And I had to hear a concentration camp story. A 10-year-old doesn't want to hear that story. I just want the bike. Yeah. I don't want, I don't care yeah, about yeah. your Holocaust story. In fact, hey, downer. <laughs> and yeah now, well that and now was I should, you yes and now i should slap that kid right <laughs> terrible yeah yeah well no you know the kid's got a point the kid's got a point I just want the bike within context you of know course. you know and 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 yeah you, you just want the bike yeah and why <laughs> you know and there is this thing that happens and it's not just with holocaust survivor parents there is there isn't this Really, and I think it's like a, 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 a unself-examined tendency to like pay the misery forward. Yes, you know, and it's kind of like hey, I always found it about like hazing. If you get hazed, you go one of two ways: you go, I'm going to haze the next motherfucker that comes through yes. here that I can get by with, or you go, that sucked. I hated that. Right. I would never do that to another person. And there's just this very. I, I don't know. It's how the army operates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it, well, yeah, because it is. But yeah, we the army re- relies on it. We like, must break you. Yeah, we must break you. But that's but like in a family, do you really want to squash the individuality of the. I think of the, some do. I guess they do. I mean, I mean I don't we know. all know those parents. By the way, I just listen to your I listened to your uh, podcast with Katie Tour, uh-huh. who I friggin love. She's fantastic. I mean, I, I love a story. Well, I didn't know the story until I listened to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm just in love with her watching yeah, her. Yeah. First of all, she's so bright, so articulate, so human yeah. on the news. Yeah. But I didn't realize how human yeah. until I heard her story. I'm going to read that book now because yeah. of you. And I don't even think I touched on it because yeah. it is kind of in some ways incidental, but it is really fascinating. Uh, her father is a trans woman now. How, how, I father, had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, like I said. He was I a say, news guy. Right? Yeah. He, drove, he, uh, he, wrote, he uh, rode uh, the helicopter. He was like a he ra- piloted the helicopter. rageaholic a helicopter pilot and the mother and his wife did the shooting the hanging camera. out of the helicopter yeah, with she the did all the shooting um and then they he, they broke up and the the they the father is now a woman you know i mean you know then the, the correct Amazing. thing to say is he was she was always a woman yes but you know, I, I'm still I'm still old. I still am like the prone, you know, like I, I can handle the. Not, I don't have the problem with the pronouns that every that, you know, people complain about. Oh, no. But I co- still misuse them. And my of like course. having children. Yes. Having That's children. My daughter has to help me constantly because I'll, you know, we have trans friends that I'll 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 refer to them in, in like what happened back then with her. And she'll say. You mean they? And I'm like, well, but they weren't they back then. She goes, it doesn't matter. They were they back then. It just wasn't. No, I'm like, okay, right. Okay, yes. I, I Yes, I agree. So, you know. I'm going to pick them up at the <clears throat> airport. Yes. Don't you need the bigger car? <laughs> no. I, I, it's, it does. It's, I mean, it, yes, is, it throws you. But people have told me that the confusion that we have is the point. Yes. That they, they want the conversation. We're talking about it now, which brings yes. attention to the thing. Right. 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 So that I understand also. Well, and my daughter made me understand that putting <clears throat> putting he, him or she, her, even if you're as cis normative straight as you can be, putting it on whatever it is, a, a, your LinkedIn, your your Twitter, putting it on there says to trans people or gender fluid people, I'm aware that you exist and that this is just this is just to mark that I that I'm not making assumptions. Got I'm it. telling you, you know, because it's like, you know, I could say and I don't I don't have it on my uh, on my uh, Twitter bio. And I mean, arguably, I should. But um, it does say to a trans person, this person at least is aware yeah. of the fact that this is an issue and that this is a way that society is changing. And, and I do think it's for the better, you know? I do too. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Now you were you started out as a performer. I did. Yeah. In high school and college, there was no bigger star. <laughs> and then I moved to New York. They hadn't heard what a big star I was. <laughs> you should have had your mom tell them. I should have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I was. Uh, then I floundered around for years. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got a little smart. I'm going to say it took six or seven years to learn this lesson. Yeah. What if we wrote something for ourselves to be in since yeah. no one else is doing it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could have done that immediately and uh -huh. saved a lot of time and trouble. But who knows? Maybe that real life was necessary yeah. to inform what we were going to write about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so say that, that struggle, that floundering is, is essential. Yes. And also, yeah, I mean, I... You know, I I think you know when there's kids that like say want to. I went to film school and kids that like are like want to be filmmakers. Yeah, you know we feel like well go flip some burgers. That's right. You know go you go stock some grocery store shelves. You can't and, write about real life unless you have one. Absolutely, and so many, and that's why so many movies are because film school is so big now. And I have a a daughter who's probably headed there. Yeah. Um, it's so big now, but that's why you get so many movies that are about movies. Right. You know, because that's all they yeah, know. And TV that's about TV. And it's it, true. You know, entire, you know, I mean, I love Stranger Things, but it's like all it's that so stuff. Referential. Yeah, all that stuff about reference. I just feel like, no, no, how about you just tell me a story? And the story's strong enough. It doesn't need to make you go, oh my God, that's like the Goonies. You know, like just. But don't you think that the audience, the, the, the core audience of Stranger Things, are kids that don't even know what they're referencing because they're too young? Uh, so it's new to them? Yes, yes. It's new to them. And I think that, yes, and that in some way, I mean, I'm just being a crabby old man, first of all. But when I, because when I first started, I first watched that show because I like genre stuff. Yes. And and I was kind of like, eh. And then I watched it with my daughter. And there's so often that getting, when I've watched things with my daughter that I was kind of eh on and I, I get... Like her contact her high. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I see it. And one thing that Stranger Things has done that I think is is beautiful. Yeah. It has progressed with the age of its audience. Like ah. kind of like there was another a smart thing the Harry Potter movies did. The, the fans got, got older. older. So there it gets darker and scarier and weirder. Yep. yep. And Stranger Things is kind of the same thing because. You know, my daughter, what, she was probably 11 when she first started watching that. Yeah. She's going to be 17, you wow. know, so it's like a little bit, you know, they had, to sort, world. Yeah, they had to sort of, you know, amp it up a little bit for the kids. Um, but so was it hard to let go of, of being a performer? Like, you know. Not when I, because, listen, I was eating tuna fish for dinner. Mm-hmm. As a performer. Yeah. And then when I made it as a writer, I ate whatever I wanted. <laughs> so it was not hard to let go. And as you've, as you've established, food is important. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
you know, I literally went from being a hundred air to a thousand air. Yeah, yeah. When that show uh, hit, or I sold my first uh, screenplay. And what uh, was it? What was the first? What was the first piece of writing that you? And so yeah. First, and and when do you start to say, hey, maybe I better write something? And what is it that kind of specifically inspires that decision? There were two big moments, and they both happened in. I'm going to say 1987 mm -hmm. when I was when I was 27. Yeah. Uh, this this little group of kids from my college yeah. had been fooling around with sketches and kind of improv and and solidifying those into shows, and I was always terrified of that until Why? Uh, I thought most of those things are terrible. Ah, uh, okay. Like a I lot see, of improv stuff is, yeah, is awful. It's not good. Yeah. Ninety yeah. percent. Yeah. To me. And and I didn't want to be I, I was too afraid of of going up there and doing that. Being a part of something that was shit. But I did take a groundlings class and that was the single best class I ever took, including oh, really? all my college years. Did you ever do any of that? I absolutely. That was that's where I'm from. In, but improv in the Chicago version of all of that. But it's the same uh, philosophy, yes, and exactly right, exactly, which is a and, great philosophy of life. Uh, it's fantastic, and I, if I, you can, and if you can do that, you can do anything, anything, yes. anything. And I don't just mean acting; I mean, I, but I mean specifically, yeah. If you get to the point where you're regular, regularly doing ninety minute shows, and you don't know what you're going to say when you go up there, and then you're really entertaining people for ninety minutes, yeah. Give me some lines in a movie. Oh no, that's scary. Like no, that's not scary at all. That's a cakewalk. Yeah, fun. yeah. But just to survive in the world, you want that philosophy of yeah. yes and yeah. And yes and for people who may not know is the acknowledgement of the scene that you're in. That if you say to me, "Well, we got to put out this fire," I don't go. There is no fire. Right. I say yes. Let me get the big hose. Yes. 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 And you're adding. Yeah, yeah. That's the end part. Yeah, So yeah. that's a philosophy of life. Acknowledging <clears throat> what the other person's giving you in life. Yeah. And then enhancing it, adding to it, yeah. not negating it, yeah. not being negative. Yeah. It's the most positive outlook on yeah. life. Changed my life. Yeah. Those oh, two good. words. Those two words. Yeah. Anyway, I got over my fear of this. Yeah. And I said, I would like to. They had invited me to be in their next show. And I was afraid. And and I took this class, and then I wasn't. Oh, and wow. so that turned into something called Tony and Tina's Wedding. Oh wow! Yeah, that that show. And at the same, and, those, and yeah, you were you were. Did you help it. write that? Or I helped write it. Wow! And, and, and I was the original priest. That was all over the place. It was a big deal. Yeah. It was one of the biggest off Broadway shows in I, history. I had friends, and I had friends in Chicago who that's who they did were it. making money. That's you know? right. And nobody made any money. No, it was crazy. Yeah, it didn't end well. For for a lot of us, yeah, because there was you know sometimes dissension. With success, and, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that was the worst thing that ever happened to me was being kicked out of the very show I helped create. Wow. I wasn't alone. There were others too. Yeah. But the 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 one or two people who were the at the core of the group were jealous of anyone else's attention as yeah. the show was maybe going to come to Hollywood. So they got they started getting rid of us. Oh, wow. Who helped create. And I could have sued. Yeah, yeah. But I did the poor man's version of suing. I got incredibly depressed. <laughs> it's cheaper. It's cheaper. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, 
of course it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened yeah, to me yeah, because yeah. it kicked me in the ass. Yeah. I could have still been doing that show. Wow. But it made me have to reevaluate to understand that, oh, maybe I can write and maybe I should go since nobody's paying me to act. Yeah. Maybe. And I, uh, my, my acting boat has sunk all of a yeah. sudden. I guess I should write. At the same time that we were doing Tony and Tina, my friend Alan Kirschenbaum, who I went to high school with, he was already a sitcom writer. He'd been doing it one year and he hated it. Because he didn't like the sitcom he was on. Uh, he said, come here, we're going to write. Um, I have a word processor, 1987. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to write a screenplay. I don't know anything about that. And he goes, I do. Just be funny. We'll write a thing. Yeah. Okay. So there's something that we learned in acting school, which was having a healthy naivete. Uh-huh. Not knowing what you don't know. Right. Not knowing what you can't do. So you do it. Right. Jump off the cliff. Right, right, right. Are there rocks down there? I don't know, but we're yeah, going. Yeah. Sometimes it works out. Yeah. And it's a and it's a it's an on purpose thing. It's a purposeful naivete. It's like there, yes. it is a kind of compartmentalization where like I could acknowledge that I don't know this, but it's better if I just treat myself as just a naif. You and know? then you get this joy of discovery. Yeah. Of yeah, what yeah. you can do. Yeah. Which which is everything. Right. It works in acting and it works in writing. It works in painting. Still, it works in everything. It's still yes and. It's because, exactly. Because right. the knowledge is the no. Like the, That's right. It's it's accelerator. It's not brakes. You know, it's. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if somebody told you show business is like this and, and told you exactly what it was like, would you ever go in the business? No. It's insane. No, no. Right? No. I tell my kids, do you understand how insane it is to even want to do it? Yeah. But you have to, you know, nobody can say anything. We had a guy in, in uh, Hofstra University, a new uh, drama uh, professor, the head of the department came in, new guy on, a, on our third or fourth year, came in. His first words were, theater is dead. <laughs> Why the hell are we here then? Yeah, yeah. Bad attitude. Not yeah. yes and. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, get out. Right, right. <laughs> was the attitude. Right. Anyway, we write the screenplay, and damn if we didn't sell it. We sold it to HBO in 1987 for $70,000. Wow. I had $200 in the bank. Wow. Yes. I call my parents. My father was dancing around the house. My mother gets on the other line. Why is your father so happy? I sold a screenplay. Really? What do you get for something like that? I said, Alan and I are splitting $70,000. And there was dead silence on the other I said, Ma, she goes, do you know we've worked our whole lives to have that much in the bank? She was almost angry with me. Yeah. Like, you little putts, you fool around and scribble on a paper, yeah, and yeah. this is how the world rewards you. Right, right. Do you know what I got when yeah. I was 10? Buy your own bike. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, But I was like, oh, I guess sometimes the world shows you what you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I did that. Yeah, yeah. By the way, didn't that screenplay was never made because they asked us, who do you see as the lead? We said, Alan Arkin, our favorite actor. <laughs> yeah, they said, yeah. Alan Arkin doesn't open a movie. Dead. Yeah. That was it. They didn't even want to pursue it. I think six months later, we got a call from someone they said they had shown the screenplay to and he was interested. Will you have lunch with Jerry Lewis? <laughs> now, I think if you look at the dictionary, the opposite of Alan Arkin. <laughs> Is Mr. Lewis. Right. And also, does he open a movie? I don't think he opens a movie either. Well, as he told us, in France, I do. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they would fund the whole thing. 
He yeah. said they never did. But by the way, I didn't want to do it with him. It's the. Uh, did you ever meet him? By the way, did was he ever on Conan? I saw him once because in the early days of Conan, I uh, I experienced what a lot of. Uh, well, I don't know how. I mean, COVID changed everything and also just, but things are just different. This is pre-internet. This is 1993. Yeah. And I used to get invited to stuff. Right. You know, just because I was on television. Of course. And, and that, there was no personal, but like, you know, the New Jersey Nets were terrible at that time. Yep. But you want courtside seats? Well, yes, I want courtside seats to an NBA game. That's even, a, even a terrible NBA team is pretty damn good, you know? Yeah. Um, but one of the things I got was, uh, you're invited to Jerry Lewis's and I don't know, 70th, 65th, whatever birthday party, uh-huh. whatever 1993, 94 would have been, yeah. uh, being hosted by his, and it was just his friends from France. Great. That was, there was no, I don't know whether it was the hot foreign press or what, but it was. That's where the money for the food was coming from. From France. Yes. yes. And so it's in a, in a banquet room at Planet Hollywood <laughs> in, in New York, in Midtown. Uh, my wife, my ex-wife, my wife at the time, um, and her sister and her sister's fiance, we go. Yeah. And uh, it's just jam packed with people. Not even sure that you can see Jerry Lewis there, but lots of French people. And at one point, somebody, they bring in a piano, an upright piano through the crowd, like parting ways. You see the crowd parting and then it's a, a piano and it stops right in front of us, oh. like in the middle of this crowded room. Pierre Salinger, yeah. the speechwriter for JFK yeah. and sort of bon vivant writer, sits down and starts playing at the piano. Joanne Worley <laughs> gets on top of the piano and starts singing, there were birds on a hill, but I never heard them singing. But with like funny takes, you know, oh there God. were ah, on a hill, you know, and <laughs> from the top of the piano, she starts doing this. And then Jerry Lewis, I, I neglected to say, he was in Damn Yankees at the time. That right. Was, and he was on Broadway in Damn Yankees. They call him over. And I mean, I'm this close. We're yeah. this close to him as across the table from you as he gives a speech to everyone, thanking them for his birthday. And then Pierre Salinger plays uh, You Gotta Have Heart, which I guess is from right. that show. That's right. And Jerry Lewis is screaming it into our faces. Oh, my God. And that, uh, so I just it was. You know, yeah, Alice in Wonderland kind of stuff, you You know, but I'd never talked to him. I just had him scream, uh, you got to have heart into my face, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Was he doing it as funny, Jerry? Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to have heart, you know, like, like really, you know, (laughs) you know, it was, it was not, yeah, he was not being a chanteuse. You ever see the documentaries about him where these legends of comedy talk about the subtle genius of him and then they cut to a clip yeah <laughs> i have seen that. yeah 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 uh, well you know i think i don't know how you feel but i th- just feel like comedy is the most dispensable of the arts it's what it has i just think it has i mean not dispensable in in its in its vitality yeah but 
there's stuff that is hilarious right now. Yes. That in 10 years is not going to be that funny. Oh, there's I see. Stuff, there's stuff that's really funny right now that'll be funny forever. You know, like W.C. Fields will always, always be funny. funny. But Jerry Lewis was screamingly funny at right. the time. And but now it's kind of like mm. people tell me who lived through it that the funniest thing they've ever seen ever was Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis on stage in yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah. At that time. I've in the heard late, the same in thing. In the late 40s. Yep. That no, you never laughed harder. Yeah. And if you saw a tape of it, you would you would cringe. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, the Dean Martin celebrity roast, yeah. all the laughs. You watch him, it's like, ugh, <laughs> yuck. All these cigarette old drunks, like, you know. Listen, that could be us. I, I, it, it will be us. Is. It will be us. But it, it is us. It might have been ways. us at the time. <laughs> you know, well, that and that's what I mean. I don't mean, disp- I mean, just like, like it, just the shelf life is short. Of course. A shelf but not life for of everything. A, not and for everything. So, so the, the, the aspiration is to be timeless. Yes, yes, yes. Is this truly funny or is it just funny right now? That's why I, I we try to avi- avoid the topical. Yeah. Because that's going to date you automatically. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of shows, they live on that. They live on that. That was, you know, <laughs> we, Conan and I talked about it many, many times because you know, we came on the air and there weren't that many shows. And then the Daily Show really kind of took off. And that became the new sort of, you know, you know, that became like for me, one of the for the years in the Emmys, it was the West Wing winning all the time. And this is the Sopranos, yeah. you know, coming in second. And to right. me, that didn't seem right. Right. You know, right. And that's because but it's like. They like to they like to vote for the things that make them feel good uh-huh. and make them feel smart and wise right. and, you know, educated. Of course. And that's, you know, The Daily Show is a fantastically funny show. Right. Um, and and we, you know, we kind of did some topical stuff because we had to. Of course, fill you're on this. nightly. But we were really committed to being silly. And like Conan even told me once in a conversation, he says, he said, you know, there's there's prescient political humor. That is that feels really good right now and that and that you can laugh really hard. He said, but he said, I truly believe that in the long term, the silliness is more valuable. Well, you can just go to YouTube. Yeah. Your, your clips are evergreen and you don't see those other clips because yeah, yeah. they were dated the day they came out. Yeah. And I don't want people to think I'm trashing the Daily no, Show. No, of course not. It's, just, it's a just a different form. It's a different thing. Yeah. And it's and I know people that have worked on that show and, I, and that show is brilliant and that show is useful. I mean, John Oliver, the things that John Oliver does, thank God he's doing it. Absolutely. I just like I also, too, I don't think it's funny. Like, I don't I, don't, I make jokes on Twitter about politics every yeah, sure. now and then. But but to sit down and like really do like I'm going to do a long bit about Trump. It's like that's like doing a long bit about cancer. You know, it's like, how are you going to really, really? That's what you want to. But nowadays and through the Trump administration, we depended on these guys to kind of digest this for us and share with us that we are not alone. Yes. To make us not feel crazy. We are not. We are seeing it too. You are not crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought so not dispensable, the opposite. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
maybe dated later. Yes, of course it yes. is. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll make. I have. I have looked at sometimes at my old tweets that there will be a political joke, and I have no idea what's in it's in reference to. You know, it'll just be like something that happened that day that I don't know. Somebody in Congress said, and it's a, you know, and it's like a, a sly reference to it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have a clue as to what that was about. But what's so. hilarious is every single time Trump opens his mouth, there's a tweet. Yes, refuting it. Yes, yes, of course, absolutely, all of them at this point. Yes, you know, I mean, all of them at this point. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Well, now, um... Do you put your acting when you start writing like yeah. that? Do you is it like okay? I'm going to just stop trying as an actor. The acting is in the room yeah. with the writers. Yeah, yeah. We act it out. Yeah. We we we. You know, I'd play every character. Yeah. In fact, when we would read stuff back, I wanted the other writers focusing on the writing, and I would be like the idiot who was reading it out loud. Yeah. And I'm with one eye towards how does it sound coming out of my mouth. So it's kind of a pre-table reading. Sure. But I didn't divvy up the parts with the other writers. I wanted them focused on the writing. Right. Not, oh, my part is coming up and yes. I have to do it. Yes. So I would just read Especially because so many of them aren't performers. A lot of them were, though. A lot of them yeah, were yeah. stand-ups. Right, right. Right? And a lot of them could act and do it great. Yeah. It just was, I felt like I would have more of their attention on what was so important, the yeah. writing. And how it sounded. It makes perfect of, sense to me. Instead of them yeah. performing. You want them listening. You don't want, exactly them, you right. don't want them acting. Because yeah. it's going to be listened to by yes. other people. Yes. So they were the first audience. Yeah. We were the first audience. Then Ray would come in at the very end because it, we wanted to make sure he was okay with everything. Yeah. Before you get to the table, uh, Reed, because I'd been on shows with the, the lead, wasn't in on it. And he's seeing it for the first time sometimes at the table and then throwing it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't like this. Goodbye. Yeah. I wanted to go home at a reasonable hour. That's a lazy lead, though. That's like somebody, you, you know. Listen, we could, I could name names. Oh, I know, gonna, I know, I know, I know. I mean, it was, uh, some of it's appalling. Yes. The behavior is appalling. Yes. Like, what, what, what world are you in that yeah, you just yeah. think that you can take this gigantic check and make everyone else's lives miserable and the show's Miserable. Yeah. Right? I've never understood. Did you work on staff of sitcom ever? I've never worked on a staff of a sitcom that I wasn't in. I've always been, you know, yeah. a producer. And that's I was going to But you would go in the writer's room because you're a writer. And I was going to ask, was yeah. Ray in the room very much? As often as possible. Yeah. And that was with me too. It's Before essential. we were shooting, I was there all the time. That's right. But once we started shooting, 
You, ha- you I, have to be yeah, on stage. I you have, have to rehearse. be on stage. Yeah. But if I had, if there was a stretch of a couple of scenes that I wasn't in, yeah. more often than not, I would go back in there. Yeah. And uh, and so and I had to get over. I had to get over because there's a New York LA difference. Right. And one of the and like a, a in New York, it's everybody. You know, we're all in this together. I always say we were laying tracks for a train that we could hear. Yeah. You know, coming. Yeah. And so there's no there's no preciousness. There's you know how about this? Nah. What about this? Nah. What about this? Oh yeah, that's great. Out here, somebody pitches a joke and I'd go nah, and they'd go wow. Ooh, ouch. Oh, like, you hurt their feelings. Yeah. I'm like, I Gosh. don't have time, you know. And now you're canceled. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> if it's the wrong person. And I, yeah. And I just always was like, I, and I do, I never understood too. I mean, because, but I was polite, but I was, but I was also like, it's an expediency thing, an expedience thing. But I also made sure that the overall morale of the place was at the top of my list in terms of my job responsibility. Happy place. If if I want a funny show, yeah. it better be a happy place. I, I you you I'm sure you wouldn't be shocked how many places don't care about that. I have guested in them. I have I have been the number one on the call sheet in them where I wasn't writing, you know, you know, yeah. and and just amazed at like this is how you're going to be funny. By making everyone feel shitty, you know? Here's what completely solidified how I would be as a showrunner. I worked on a hit show, wasn't mine. Yeah. I was a writer, and it was a hit show for ABC. And I got this memo. The memo came to all of us who worked in the building. We noticed some of you are putting milk on your cereal when you come oh. in in the morning. The milk is for coffee. The cereal is for snacks. We do not provide breakfast for you. Please do not put milk on your cereal. This is a hit ABC comedy. Top 10 show. I thought when the moment I read that, I said, if I'm ever lucky enough to have my own show, we're going to have milk on our cereal. Yeah, yeah. Right? In fact, we had the best craft service in the history of Hollywood. We flew in food from New York, from yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a friggin' party. Right. Look how friggin' lucky we are to yeah. have this life. Yeah. yeah. Celebrate it. Yeah. Every day should be fun. Right. Because why? We're making fun. Word. And I'm I'm convinced that if you're making drama, it's, of course. it'll still be better. If you're happy. If it, you're an accountant firm. It, it comes yes, through, you know? Yes, yes. I, I, I don't know. I want to believe that like it, an, unhappy, an unhappy bakery makes... Bread that doesn't taste as good as a happy bakery, you know. I a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never. Yeah, I worked <laughs> the the show that I wasn't a writer on. Yes, one. we had. I think it was either two. May I think it was two episodes, maybe three episodes left in the in the order. Yeah, and it just happened to fall on the first of a month. You know, like that the they we started into a new month. Yeah, and the coffee machine on stage was gone. And I, the, the, you know, and everyone's like, where's the coffee machine? Where's the coffee, you know? And uh, I asked the uh, coordinator, the, the, you know, the line producer guy, hey, where's the coffee machine? He said, well, you know, we're only going to be working another two weeks. What? And I said, 
I'll pay. I yes, said, of course. I took my wallet out. Yes. I said, how much is that fucking coffee machine? Right. And he, I, I insisted, you tell me. And it was like $72. Yeah. I was like, here. And he went, no, 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 I can't take your money. I was like, get the coffee machine back. You know, like. That's insane. I, <laughs> the pettiness. It's just unbelievable. And then when you find out. Yeah. Those guys, every dollar they save, they get to keep. Oh, when you find that out, it changes your entire outlook of who's on your side in a production. You know? Right. Because line producers, you come in under budget, you get to keep it. You know, they personally. Yeah. It's like a bonus. They get a bonuses built into. Andy, I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, I have some people to call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like if you, I, I don't know if they get every dollar, but there certainly is. They are financially incentivized to come in under budget. Wow. So that yeah. explains a lot. That explains, I mean, I, I, I always figured like studio people, network people, yeah. they're going to trim your budget so they can go to the boss because it's the only way that they can show the boss they're doing a good job. Yes. I didn't know that they're personally getting money. Yeah, no, there's that. That's their. And, they, you know, and then they, it's a when you say we want a crane yeah. or we want to, you know, we want to blow up a car or right. whatever. I really want I guys. I know. I know it's really vital, but I just they're not going to let me have a crane. They. Yeah. And, it, you know, and then you find out and it's like, oh, you fucker. It's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terrible. Well, uh, how how long are you writing before? And and had you created other shows that got to air before Raymond? Nope. Uh, forgive me. That for, was yeah. no. It's fine. It's the yeah. first, that was the first. Wow. I and how long? It, I and when it was that? Because it was you started in eighty. You, you first sold it first in eighty seven, and first Raymond sold. started. 96 we were on the air okay so those the the five years that i was in hollywood before that i was writing on other people's shows and my first sitcom job here was the robert mitchum sitcom what the what i didn't even know there was such a thing 1989 wow there was a tv movie Remember TV movies? Of course I do. Robert Mitchum played a homeless man who lived in a refrigerator box in Central Park. Oh, that's funny. Hilarious. <laughs> Three recently orphaned children come to him and ask him, Oh, wow. Will you pretend to be our grandpa so we're not split up and put into separate foster homes? Wow. So he takes the gig to have a roof over his head. This was the this TV movie called A Family for Joe was the highest testing anything in NBC history. Wow. Higher than Cheers, higher than the Cosby show of the 80s, the famous one. This Verstunkene <laughs> movie. So they couldn't leave it alone. They right. had to make a sitcom. Now, Robert Mitchum could do a movie. Yeah. They made the sitcom live in front of a studio audience <gasps> for camera. Oh, my God. It lasted seven episodes. Does this exist somewhere? Can you see this? I think if you YouTube, YouTube? search A Family for Joe, you can see some clips of it. Oh, my God. Now, I was the only person, and I was young. Yeah. I was the youngest person on the staff of this show, what they call a baby writer. Yeah, yeah. And I had a partner. Yeah. We were the only people who knew who Robert Mitchum was. On the staff. The showrunner knew. 
But the other writers who were all older had no idea who is Robert Mitchum. I said, come over. How could they not? That's I know. (sighs) Come over tonight. I have a VHS of Night of the Hunter. Yeah. Arguably one of the greatest movies ever made. I put it on for them and they laughed at it. They didn't understand surrealism. They didn't understand, you know, heightened uh, reality. They didn't get it. And as they were leaving my apartment, they said, great movie, Phil, like you're an idiot. And I knew right then and then, oh, I'm in a world of shit. (laughs) And now I have to go and work with these people who have no, no, not even respect for the guy we're doing it for. Now, I meet Robert Mitch on the thing. I'm the only one who is curious about him yeah, and yeah. his life. Right. And he was a great old guy. You would have loved him. Oh, my God. He was God. salty and funny. I already do love him. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. But, but to talk to him. Yeah. Arrested for marijuana in like the, in the 50s. 50s. Coolest guy. Yeah. And like, eh, whatever. You he know? did. He told me stories about making uh, Heaven Knows Mr. Alice, which is him as a as a uh, uh, an army guy stranded on a, an island with a nun. Okay, they yeah, get yeah. they get the ship gets blown up. Right, they're both stranded right. there together, and their friendship. Okay? Yeah, it's like a sexless swept away. Except yeah. that when the when the uh, studio had some of the uh, what do you call them standards and practices people come yeah. as they visit every set. They were on a cliff overlooking the scene of them on the beach. Yeah, and Mitchum knew they were watching, so he threw Deborah down onto the sand in her nun's habit and pretended to screw her on the beach. <laughs> he tells me this story. Robert friggin' Mitchum. Every day I would get a story yeah, yeah, like yeah. this. I loved the guy. <clears throat> yeah. Here's how they do the show. And I'm naive enough at this time to think, listen, he's hysterical. There's a there's a world where this could be funny. If he plays, remember Uncle Charlie in uh, in uh, My Three Sons? Yeah, yeah. He hates William Demarest. Yes, yeah, he hates people. He hates everything. Get the hell out yeah, of here, yeah, you yeah. rotten kid. So let's say that if that was his personality, hates little kids and little dogs, but takes the gig to have a roof over his right, head, right? right. Like W. C. Fields, right? Exactly like that. Remember, yep. it's a gift. Yeah, one of the funniest movies ever made. One of my so, favorites. One honestly, of my favorites. One of my too. top. Uh, it, it, Maybe my favorite comedy of all time. I show the children when they're three years old, Mr. Muckle. Yeah, yeah. Open the door for Mr. Yeah. Muckle. Honey, sweetie. <laughs> honey, sit down, dear. Sit down, sit down honey. dear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's say let's say that's the sensibility. You know, my, my company's name is Carl LaFong Industries. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so, you know, you, you would... If you were on staff, you would be with me. You would say, yes. Yeah, yeah. I get it. This could have a shot. Right, right. Here's the first moment of the first scene in front of the studio audience. The set looks like Brady Bunch. Yeah. Okay, like that house. Right. In New York City. Empty stage. It's LA. Yeah. Empty stage. Ding dong. You hear off stage. I'll get it. It's Robert Mitchum. The kitchen door swings open and in comes Robert Mitchum in an apron. He stops on his way to the door to adjust the flowers on the kitchen table. Show's dead right there. Oh, my God. Why did they do that? Likeable. The worst word in the, in the language of all of television yeah, yeah. is likable. Yeah. They think he won't be likable if, he, if he's gruff or, yeah, or, yeah. or hates little kids. Yeah. Or only done the thing that's made him like, 
a smoldering, <laughs> sexy monster his entire career. It's yeah, Cape yeah. Fear. Yeah. I mean, this is this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So they cut his balls off in the first moment of the show. You're yeah. now, now you're dead. Yeah, and yeah. And we were just uh, treading water until they canceled us. Wow. Yes. Juliette Lewis was the daughter. Wow. She went from that show into Cape Fear, the Scorsese. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. Uh, we felt like we discovered a major talent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't last very long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Now, I want to, um, I, I want to, because we're getting, yeah. running out of time here. So yeah, I yeah. want to get to food. Please. Because it's such an important part of your life, yeah. obviously, because, it, you know, you had Raymond and then you're just like, I'm going to, I mean, I know you do other things, but like, but if you just kind of look at your IMDB after that, it's, yes. it's food. Okay. It's so like, there was, there was 10 years between it Raymond. Took 10 yeah, years. Yeah. Like if you go, if you go in your agent's office after having a somewhat successful sitcom yeah. and you say, you know what I'd really love to do is a food and travel show. They act as if you just pooped on their desk. <laughs> You mean you're not going to bring bags of money into here anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to do something you like? Right, right. Yeah, we're not with you. As a matter of fact, we'll do everything we can to dissuade you of this. Wow. And uh, it took 10 years to get wow. this show. But it wasn't like the first idea I had after Raymond. I thought that I would do more sitcoms. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted them. In the nine years that we were doing Raymond, the business had changed so much to not value this building block of television, which is the family sitcom. Yeah. It would be five years between Raymond and Modern Family, for example. Mm. They don't like these shows as executives because they're not cool. Yeah. Friends is cool. Yeah. Sex in the City is cool. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah. They want it almost in defiance of what the numbers say. They want on their resume, I am cool. Yeah. I greenlit this. Yeah. I made this. Not something that smells like full house. Right. Right? Right. Which is how Raymond was kind of treated, even though it wasn't. Right. Uh, They're not, it's not even, an incredibly yeah. creative, you know, industry in many ways. It's not? It's not. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Same thing like with casting. Like yeah. casting is the dumbest Well, now they go by how, how many Instagram followers? I, they have. You want to kill yourself. My girlfriend keeps saying, you got to get more Instagram followers. Oh my God. I'm like, I got... A lot on Twitter, she's like, it doesn't matter. It's got to be Instagram. I'm like, Ugh. Well, by the way, I got bad news for you. Now it has to be TikTok. <sighs> and whatever, it's ne the next thing is coming. <sighs> Talk about uh, dated. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, yeah. I guess I will get that real estate license after all. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so... so Listen, they didn't did even that, want the spinoff of Raymond did that, after. Oh, really? They didn't even want the Robert show. Wow. Yeah. Did were you tempt? Did you then say like, okay, well then I'll I'll if I'm gonna bang my I'll, head against this wall of show business, why don't I pick a spot in the wall that I would really love? Oh, I see. After failing many yeah, many yeah. times, yeah, I'm still failing. But by I mean, the you way. weren't you didn't say like, oh, they're not buying family shows, so I'll go do I'll do a show about you know sexy people driving cars fast kind of stuff or yeah, yeah, that's a great point. To be fair, I didn't want what they were offering yeah. me either. That's I, I only figured. because that's not my world. I can't right. do it. Right. I'm, I was born an old Jewish man. And so that's going to come out 
in, Regardless, in whatever in I the do. Sexy, in the one about sexy people driving cars fast, it'll be like, this feels like it's old I, and Jewish. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't write Friends if you, if you right? If, if there was a gun you, to my head. I, I couldn't write Sex in the City if there was a gun to my head. I, I wouldn't, not because I don't like it or, or, or respect it for what it yeah. is. I can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Right? Yeah. Uh, so here's what I know. And the food and travel thing, it just hit me one day. First of all, we had an episode in Raymond that that really triggered this this idea, which was we went to Italy and we brought the whole cast over in one of those special episodes. But that was the genesis of that was Ray. I asked him where he was going on his hiatus after season one. And he said, I go to the Jersey Shore. I said, that's nice. You ever been to Europe? And he said, no. I said, why not? He goes, I'm not really interested in other places. <laughs> I don't I said, like things. I don't like things. Yeah, yeah. So the light bulb went off. We got to do that episode where we send you to Italy, where your family's from. Yeah, yeah. With your attitude of, I don't like other places. And you come back as me, someone excited about travel and especially Italy and this. And we did that episode. It took three years to get him on a goddamn plane because he was scared of flying. Oy. Okay, but we get him there. And the arc of the character that I wrote, that it gets, you know, woke over there. Yeah. I saw happen to my friend, the person. Yeah. And that was when the real idea got in my head. What if I could do this for other people? Because um, I, I dare say you're doing what you do because you like turning other people onto stuff you like. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So there's no greater high than that. And so I thought, I watched Bourdain. Here's how I sold the show. I told the, the network, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. What if there was a show like Bourdain, but with a regular guy yeah. doing this. I don't want to be shot at in Beirut. I'm not driving the, the dune buggy and flipping over. I'm, yeah. I'm not getting a, a chest tattoo by wild Borneo tribesmen <laughs> when I'm drunk. I'm not that guy. All right. But there must be a show for the guy sitting on the couch watching that guy. Yeah. That's my show. Yeah. That's how but I got there. It all comes down to the food, right? Yes. I mean, well, we all love food, yeah. but I'm just using the food and my stupid sense of humor to get you to travel and meet these people. The world would be better if we all could appreciate a tiny bit of other people's lives. Yeah, yeah. Other cultures, right? Maybe we wouldn't be in the crap that we're in right now if we weren't so provincial and only like what we like. Yeah. You got to step out of your comfort zone a tiny bit. That's where the fun is. Yeah. It's just like improv. Yeah. You've got to take that little chance. Are there what what are some of the like just most incidental biggest surprises you've had and in, in going different places? Like places that you might think you might not have liked so much and then it ended up you really did. Tokyo. Or vice versa. You Tokyo, know? you get have you been? I have. When you step off the plane in Tokyo, you step out into the city. It's like a giant pinball machine. It's yeah. like, oh my God. Uh, what's that that square where the five roads meet? Uh, Shim, Shib, uh, Shibuya. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I think I should hide in my hotel like Bill Murray mm -hmm. in the movie. Right? And you and because you've seen the absolute sea of humanity crossing every time the traffic. You've seen that a hundred times. And you it's, know? it's intimidating. Yeah. And when you realize there's like a hundred of those squares yeah. in that city. Yeah. And what is... What is the center? What yeah. is what's happening? It's a pinball machine. Yeah, yeah. Until you have your first meal. Yeah. 
and you realize how perfect it is. And the lesson that you get rather quickly is, oh, I can't control the outside, but I can, tr- can control the inside. Yeah. On every level, yeah, I I can take I take what I can control and I make it as perfect and beautiful as possible. Yes, that's the culture. Yeah, and I fell in love with it. Yeah, and I got it. So that was the first big surprise to me. Yeah, because I hadn't been to that part of the world at all. That was the first time. Did you had you did you like Japanese food pretty well? Love. Yeah, see me too. I I'll, love I love every. But bit by of the it. way, we're lucky if you like sushi. Yeah. We're in L.A. With one of the best sushi towns in the world. I don't think I had better sushi in Tokyo than yeah. I've had at the best places here. Yeah. I mean, we have we have so many amazing yeah. spots. Yeah. Do you want to say your favorite? Um, I, I, I still really like, uh, well, there's some really good ones. There's a little one. I live in Burbank. There's yeah. a little one in a strip mall in Burbank called Nishiya. Yeah. Uh, do you know that one? I don't. Is it's it on, on Ventura? It's on. Because uh, Ventura has a million of them. It's no, no. It's it's in Burbank. It's yes. in Rancho Burbank oh. on the border of Glendale. It's on the corner of Western and Victory. Wow! And it is in the back corner of a little strip mall, and uh, it is literally a mom and pop business. I love it. A mom and pop omakase, and you tell them, you know, you have any particular things yeah, yeah. you do or don't like. Uh, bring it to me. And then they feed you till you're full. And you say, okay, stop. You know, but I mean, but there's no bus boy. There's no, there's just the man and his wife. And, the, you know, and they got to close down for a month because they go back to Japan. You know, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, so that's like, that's my, but, great. but as fancy one goes, I still, Matsuhisa on La Cienega. First place just, I ever had sushi in LA. It's in 1989. It's so, yeah. so fantastic it I just, is still great there's uh first place they have a crab kamameshi that we got once which is like a kind of almost like a porridge like yeah. a clay pot yes yes rice yes, thing yes. With crab in it and that just spectacular one of those things we like one of those dishes that you just remember for the rest of your life have you know you been at sushi zo uh-uh so there's one in uh cheviot hills and there's one downtown now okay spectacular i'll remember yeah because my son's, a, you know, my son's the one. My son, I cannot say to my son, hey, have you heard about this new, you know, Congolese rice porridge place? And he'll be like, yeah, 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 I know that. Yeah. I'm going, I was there. I'm know. going to an Indian-Italian mashup in Silver Lake tonight. What? Wow. Yeah. Where, like, the, the rigatoni is in, uh, is in a chicken curry. masala. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sounds good, right? Yeah, it does sound and good. It, it, the, it sounds like, it, like a fridge cleaning it, exercise. You know <laughs> what I mean? I hear it totally works. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't see why not. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, sauces on, on starches, you know? Yeah. And then a curry, like, sauce pizza. Yeah, yeah. They have it. See, that's, I, I, love I, the I, I just love that you love food so much because I just don't understand people... I mean, and I probably love it too much, you know, <laughs> uh, but I just don't understand people that don't, it's like not, it's like not liking sex or something. Yeah. It's Lou just, Schneider used to say, oh, you don't like music? How do you feel about colors? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just don't understand. It's like one of the things we got to do. Why not? Enjoy it. Yeah. Why not like search out every little nook and it. cranny of it to, to just to make it interesting and make you feel alive and make yeah. you feel like you know the alpha species on earth like nobody else's listen so, you know, selfish, nobody else selfishly i 
automatically because I love to travel. My favorite thing about traveling is the food I'm going to eat. And yeah. I plan my trips around Absolutely. where I'm going to eat. If Absolutely. I hear a place doesn't have good food, just forget the show, just yeah. life. I'm not going. Right. Because that's the main thing I want to do is taste that culture. Absolutely. But then I realized it's it's universal. It's yeah. everyone. Uh, everyone. We all got to eat, first of all. And I've yet to meet a culture that hasn't told me nobody eats like we do. You come to right, our right, house. Right, right, You're right. really good. We're Greek. We have the most refined palates on yes, earth. We're yeah. Greek and we you don't want you don't see any space between the dishes on the table. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or we're Italian, you know we're gonna eat. Oh, we're Chinese, you've never yeah, seen yeah, a banquet yeah, yeah, like yeah. this. Oh, we're Jewish, we're yeah. gonna feed we're you. Puerto you die. Rican. Exactly. We're Puerto yeah, Rican. Yeah. Yes. We're so Ghanaian. who says yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's when you're, especially when you're uh, doing a scene with people and you want to hear about them and their culture, the food is this great connector. Mm-hmm. And then laughs of the cement. Yeah, yeah. That's what we find, right? Yeah. That that if you we share a meal and if it's good, we're already a little happier than mm-hmm. when we came in. And then if we laugh, now we're friends. Right. So that's the whole. That's the whole thing. Plug plug the the, the new version of the show because it's it's you know, called Somebody Feed Phil. It's on Netflix. Uh, there's five seasons out right now, mm-hmm. and a sixth one is coming in the fall. And a book, correct? The, the companion book with recipes are 60 oh, most wow. requested recipes from around the world. It's, it's going to be one of the great cookbooks, not because of me, right. but because we got the best chefs in the world to all give us recipes. Oh, I got to get that. You yeah. got to get that. Do you cook? Not at all. Not at all? No. And people say, how do you have a food thing? And, and you know, I said, well, you, listen, I meet the great chefs in the world that came around a sitcom. Right, right, right. So we all contributed in our way. <laughs> That's right. And I couldn't be a bigger fan yeah. of theirs. Yeah, yeah. They need, they need me. They like me because I love them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, see, I, I, I love to cook. Oh, good for you. I cook. I, I, I have mean, such respect for anyone who can. I, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it can be almost like a meditative thing. And yes. there's some time, there's some times when I am uh, not necessarily feeling down, but just like, I don't know, there's stress, anxiety, don't know what to do with myself. And I'll just be like, ah, I'm making a curry. You know, nice. like, and then, you know, and then you have, you know, I, I live most of my daughters with me half yes. the time. But, you know, so there are times I do now, like I will have curry then for four meals. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's still it's pretty good. And, you know, like curry gets even better as you leave it in the fridge. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I love these foods. The 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 street foods, the, the uh, foods that came from necessity. Yeah. Those are the most delicious because I, they have to be. Absolutely. And what I love too, and and you learn, this is something that you see so much with shows like yours, all this fancy schmancy, you got to have this thing, you got to have this machine, you got to have that. Some of the best food in the world is made by people that cut things on their thumb. That's right. With a, a knife that's 60 years old yeah. and they cook it in basically an aluminum bucket. You know, yeah. it's like you don't need fancy stuff to make delicious food. You well, can you, have any, you know, you, the, like I say, the best cooks in the world are cooking yeah. on the cheapest stuff that you oh, get at the dollar store. I, I A dollar is what a bowl of cow soy costs in Chiang Mai. Yeah. At a shack. Yeah. The, maybe I always talk about it. It's maybe the most delicious thing I've ever had in my friggin' life. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been there? I have not. I have not. But I have a friend that lives. I have have two friends that live there. I have no excuse. I think you should Other than the fact that I got to go when it's not 
9,000 degrees, uh, uh, which is good never. Luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a choice of 9,000 degrees or monsoon. Yeah, yeah. I, I would take monsoon, honestly. Yeah. I would rather have, I'd rather be, you know, I think I'd rather be wet from an outside source rather than an interior source. I'll try to remember when we went. It wasn't devastating. It was good. It was fine. Yeah. It was t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. It was good. Uh... Well, what do you, what what's forward for you? What's what's in oh, the yes, future for you? Oh yes, this is the you? third question. This By is the way, second question. This is oh the my one, god, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first one's a long one, you know. That was very long. That yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. So look, I, we'll, you'll you'll see tomorrow. I will chew your ear off on your podcast. I want to continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Every single season is a struggle. Yeah. To stay on. Yeah. Because where I am right now at Netflix. They don't ha only they only renew five percent of their existing shows, mm -hmm. and it almost doesn't matter how well you do. And they're downsizing too, you know that place. Yes, yeah. So I don't know if I get to continue. Yeah. Now, do I do it somewhere else? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what the future is. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, I do have other interests. I do have other, you know, I I write a pilot at least a year, which I I do with other people. I love collaborating, mm -hmm. but. So far, nothing. Yeah. I, you know, maybe I'm a, uh, I can only write about my family. Maybe the world is telling me that because yeah. I had Raymond and maybe that's enough for one person. Yeah. I mean, how many things do you have to be remembered? By? Right, right, I'm right. so lucky that I got to have this second act of, of Absolutely. the food and travel yeah, show. Yeah. And that our show now has become the number one food and travel show in the world. Wow. I couldn't be, I didn't even know that. I couldn't What be, a bad interviewer I am. You're great. I should have blown the smoke up your ass. No, about I that. love yeah. I love talking to you and and I I'm just so grateful. I know in fact you started your Katie Turret thing, but I hate these idiots who say they're grateful. But I really am <laughs> these idiots who who they live in the bubble and they have to tell you how grateful they <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean you have to be a putz not to be. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but you're making, you're, I asked you, so you're telling me you're oh, grateful. You're not like. I'm not leading with yeah, it? Yeah, you're not leading with it. You're not, not you know, Every morning I it. wake up yeah. with gratitude. Yeah, with my for bowl being... of chai, and, you know, <laughs> look out at my spacious, you no, know, I'm, spacious I'm, estate. You're talking to a Jewish guy who every morning wakes up and complains. <laughs> I have nothing to complain about, but this is our genius. It's, yeah. We find a way. You gotta, you know, the body fish gotta rest. swim. Fish gotta swim. The body at rest complaints yeah yeah so so i you know i worry yeah. about what not just for my own personal career yeah but for the whole world yeah of course I mean, the the problems of the three little people don't amount to a hill of beans as yeah, they say absolutely so, so who cares I, i'm so lucky i got to do it if it ended tomorrow i said that after filming the first scene on the first day of uh the food and travel show. Uh -huh. If it ended now, I got this. Right, right, right. So that's how I feel about the whole thing. It's And it shows. It shows, and I think it's why the show is successful and ongoing, because you have uh -huh, likability. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you have, I mean, and it's wonderful that you can say, I made Everybody Loves Raymond. And, and not necessarily that's enough, but... Eh, maybe that's enough. I think it's know? enough. And then, and then you get to do this whole other fantastic yes. dream job thing. True. And you know, and and it's obvious that you're not 
You're not burning up inside with dissatisfaction. No. You're a very content, yeah. happy guy. Yes. And, and that energy comes across in the show of a happy guy that wants to interface with the world yeah. in an enthusiastic way. The, the trick is to not just be eating. Yeah. Right. Because that would be even boring even to me. Yeah. So you have to try to we always try to put some something. Let's leave the place a little better than we found it. Yeah. In there so that you have a purpose, an excuse. Now you can eat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> after yeah, 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 yeah. After you've done a nice thing. And well, I just wish that that it would catch on. Yeah. This spirit. Yeah. I'm inspired by other people I see doing way, way more for the world than I do. Yeah. But if I can reflect it a tiny bit, then then I feel like we have a purpose. Yeah. Not just the guy eating. Is there is there something is that sort of what you want people to take away? Yeah. This is the third question. Is this is this sort of what you want people to take away from from basically your, your whole story? You I know? want you to travel. Yeah. That that again, the food and my my idiocy is just to get you in because when you travel you literally make the world better yeah. because you, your eyes are open to how other people live and you can't leave the experience without some degree of understanding or even empathy for yeah. others. Yeah, yeah. And then what you get back in return is invaluable. Yeah. You get perspective. In other words, my first trip to Paris when I was like 23, I got a free trip. Mm -hmm. I was a courier. Okay. I go to Paris and I go... Oh my God! Blown, mind blown. Yeah. How old were you when you first uh, went over? Uh, and it was it was France was yeah. my first trip. Uh, I mean, aside from Canada, um, and it would have been about I would have been about about the same age twenty eight twenty nine maybe. Okay. So you, or you said twenty three? That was me. Yeah, it was a little bit later. Was okay. I needed to get the Conan job to get the money to go over oh, and pay great. for my own ticket? Okay. So you go. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Look at how they live. Yeah. Look at how, what first was an inconvenience. What, what do you mean I can't buy a shirt at two o'clock? What do you yeah. mean? They yeah, shut yeah. down? Why would they do that? Don't they want to make money? What's wrong with these people? Right. Oh, the next day. Oh, they're enjoying the day. Yeah. Oh, they're sitting by the river. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're having a picnic. Right, right, right. Oh, they're, oh. They've been doing this for thousands of years. Look, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. look how the trees are on the boulevard. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. I go back to my apartment in Washington Heights in Manhattan and I go... Hey, look at the trees. We have nice trees too. Yeah. Never noticed them before. Uh-huh. That's just an example yeah. of the perspective that you get. Right. It's not even they're better than us, they're they're worse than us. It's different. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. Otherwise, everything's the same. You appreciate nothing. Yep. Yeah. So you're doing it. I'm telling people, do it for yourself. Yeah. But you can't help but make the world better when you go. Yeah. And if you even if you're half nice, you're 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 representing yeah uh, your your family, your town, your state, your country right, and just humanity that. for that matter humanity. Yeah. So so it makes the world better. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I loved it. I and loved I, it. Let's I look go forward eat sushi. tomorrow. Oh, I would love to. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll bring the dog. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what a good dog. Look yeah. at that dog. She's Come passed on. out on the floor. Great. Uh, me too. Well, <laughs> well, thanks again, uh, Phil, and thank all of you out there for listening. And I will be back next week, God willing. With someone better. No, no, no. <laughs>
God willing. Because I thought there was an end. No, no, no. Yes, end. That was it. That was it. The God willing. I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producer is Jen Samples, supervising producer Aaron Blair, and executive producers Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. Can't you tell my love's a growing? For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life.